Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Uh, with that, let's go ahead and pray before we dive into God's Word today. Father, I thank you for today and the opportunity just to gather together. I thank you for the encouragement that comes from simply being with the body of Christ and being in your presence. And God, as we approach your scripture today, I humbly ask that your spirit would come and that you would speak to us, that you would humble our hearts, help us to hear from you. Lord, that the word would be implanted in our hearts and we'd walk out different today than when we walked in. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. You've probably heard uh, a couple of quotes. Number one is from Mahatma Gandhi, and he said, I like your Christ, but not your Christianity. And he went on to say how his experience with Christians was that they were more interested in their political uh, savvy. They were more interested in building wealth and conquering kingdoms than they were in reading the word of God and submitting to the teachings of Jesus. Similarly, uh, Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller said, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life and you think that, uh, that, that it's not really worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward, then how much do you have to hate someone not to proselytize? So today I entitled our message, The Problem with Christianity. And the problem with Christianity is Christians. It's you and me. Uh, all we have to do is look in the mirror because we do not perfectly line up to uh, the Word of God. And, and, and certainly as we approach this scripture today, I, I just want to say that this is a very hard teaching that we're going to be in in James chapter 1. And I want you to know that this is uh, it is not my heart to condemn you or for you to feel that condemnation lest the Holy Spirit prompt you to feel that today, okay? But I want us to also look in the mirror and hold up the Word of God because it is our authority and we sit under the Word of God. It is the, it is the thing that we live our life by because it is not, it's not my Word, it's His Word, okay? And His Word says that we don't measure up. And we could probably all go around the room and begin to talk about ways that we've interacted with other Christians in such a way that they did not act like Christ. And consequently, we were hurt by that. And if you're married, you probably all you have to do is look at your spouse. As we all have trouble acting like Christ. I've, I've talked before about how uh, there's kind of this movement of people who are deconstructing their faith. They are people who were Christians, who served in the church. Some were even in ministry. Now they are publicly walking away from their faith and saying, this is why I'm walking away. And time after time after time, it has not to do with the teachings of Christ. It has not to do with uh, uh, all of the things surrounding Jesus that you could question, but it has to do with how other people within the church, Christ followers who are supposedly filled with the Spirit, treated them. Now, there is certainly some immaturity on both sides of that because sometimes we just got to let things roll off our back like water on a duck. 
because people aren't perfect and we have to realize that and move on. And sometimes there's no reason for us to act like the way we do. And it is our immaturity that has caused us to lash out at someone else and hurt them. Okay, so there's immaturity on both sides. But here, I think there is something much deeper going on. And it's this, that the word of God, and I would dare say the gospel, has not been deeply implanted into our hearts, into our lives, so that it changes who we are. And I think this is one of the saddest things on earth that you can know about Jesus and you can know his word, know that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and know that he was resurrected and know that eternal life is on the other side, but you stop right there. And instead of experiencing all of his goodness and all of his love and the relationship that he wants to have with you, and we trade that for a shadow of that, which I'm just gonna call religion, where we put rules in place and we say, if we don't follow these rules, then we're not good enough. Hello, none of us are good enough. That is the point of the cross. Amen. Um, and so, James holds up a mirror for us to look at today, and I want us to go ahead and dive in and look at verse uh, 19 in chapter 1. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so the first thing I want to point out to you today is that we, as believers in Christ, we must receive the word. We must receive the word. Now, it's going to take me a minute to get to that point, okay? But if you're a note taker and diligent in that, just know that blank number one is receive, okay? Receive the word. Now, James says to us in verse 19, he says, let every person be quick to hear. Now, it has been my experience, and I don't know what your experience has been, that listening has become a lost art in our society. Because we are a people, and I don't know if it's just we have PTSD from the past few years and whatever, all the things that are going on in life out there where when someone just opens up that much of a conversation, we just begin to blurt out everything that we're thinking in that moment. And we're kind of like a bull in a china closet where we just bulldoze people and begin to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And sometimes we just talk ourselves silly. And James is saying, hey, we've got to be a people who listen first. We've got to listen. You know, Brooke and I have this funny uh, ongoing conversation that um, we'll be talking about something and we'll be frustrated about something. And then the other person, I, I know you guys do this too, the other person begins to try to fix it. And you begin to say, well, you just need to do this, that, or the other thing, or, you know, however that conversation goes. And we just have to say, hey, time out, time out. I just need you to listen. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to go on and on about it. I just need you to listen. And church, we need to be a listening people. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, 
transgression is not lacking. He's saying, hey, if you talk a lot, there's going to be a lot of sin in there. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. It is wise for us to listen. And as a culture, we need to work on our listening skills. I think I was having three different conversations with three separate people this week, and I began a sentence, and then someone else just bulldozed right over and began to talk over me like I wasn't even there. And it's, it's constant. It, and can we just be honest? It's really rude. It's incredibly rude when we do that. And so we need to just kind of do a little self-reflection and say, hey, we need to listen. Now, I think what James is specifically talking about here is we need to listen to the Word of God. We need to listen to the gospel. We need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I love that our women are going through a Bible study on Sunday evenings called Discerning the Voice of God so that we can learn how that we hear from the Lord, how we hear from His Word, how we hear from His Spirit, and how He speaks to us individually because God speaks. His Word says, I know my sheep and I love them and my sheep hear my voice. And we need to claim that as truth as the people of God, that, that we are a people who hears from Him. We absolutely and totally hear from Him. And there's no reason why any of us can't can't do that if we will sit and listen and let and receive the word from the Lord. We were sitting here uh, in small group this week, and uh, you know, after we eat, all the kids go over to that side, and we're over here, and we can have our Bible study time. and And it's funny because you, when you hear kind of a a scream or a cry from the other side, all the mama's ears perk up, but then only one mama gets up, and that's the mama whose kid is screaming over here because a mom knows her kid's voice in the same way we as the church need to hear the voice of God, that when he speaks, we are prompt to listen and follow through. Now, he also says that we are to be slow to speak. We're to be slow to speak. And I think what James is referring here to is that the people in that day and time wanted to argue with the word of God. And quite frankly, we're not so different from that. Because when the Word of God is taught to us, we as a society of people want to say, well, that's not right because, or I know that it says this, but I'm going to go and do this over here. And we could take most any subject, but uh, let's just take loving others. That's an easy one. It says, love God, love people. We're to encourage one another, to build one another up, but, but not those people over there because I, I, I'm not really friends with them. I don't like them. We don't have anything in common. And so, you know what? I'm just going to avoid them altogether. Or, or what about tithing? We talk about tithing all, uh, from time to time, and it's not something we really hammer, but we say, well, I, I can't tithe because. And, and we begin to make excuses for the word of God. And listen, I know there's all kinds of reasons out there that we can't tithe. I know there's a lot going on financially for people, but our priorities are just misplaced. And we've had a lifestyle of that. Or we talk about gluttony. Well, I know it says I'm not supposed to be a glutton, but we have potlucks because that's what we do as a church. And we get and we stuff our faces until we're too full and we're five pounds heavier. And on and on it goes. I mean, we can talk about lying. We can talk about drunkenness. We can talk about lust of the eyes. It's not one issue here. It's, it's, the problem is we don't put the word of God where it belongs and we say, well, the word of God is here when it talks about Jesus, but when it comes to this issue that I don't really like, I'm gonna set the word down over here so that it can't be over my life. And what James is saying, we're to be slow to speak, 
And we're to be quick to listen so that the word of God can permeate through our lives. Then he says at the end of this verse, we're to be slow to anger. We're to be slow to anger. And again, after the last few years, I think we all need to hear this. I need to hear this. Because sometimes I can get so mad at the smallest things. I was talking to Mike Simons before church and just, I mean, every Sunday morning, it is the littlest things that will set me off. It could be that somebody parks crooked. It could be that Haley takes two seconds longer to listen to me uh, than she should. I mean, it is the tiniest things. And, and we all have triggers, don't we? We have things that set us off. And, and listen, triggers can be a trigger or they can be a trigger and they can be an excuse for allowing anger to come up into our life. I mean, we just talk about politics. I say the word politics and some of your blood pressure is starting to raise, right? And can I just say as your pastor, please turn off the news. Turn off your MSNBC, turn off your CNN, turn off your Fox News. Turn it off. We don't need to hear it. Turn off your podcast. Stop listening to your political podcast because they are causing your blood pressure to go up. They're causing you to be unhealthy. They're causing conflict with people that you love, perhaps even within your own family. Turn it off. And I know we're about to go into a voting season and you should absolutely go and vote. And you should know your candidates and you should know why you're voting, for whom you're voting, and have all of those reasons lined out. And I want you to do that. But then stop and turn it off because it's damaging our lives. Proverbs 14, 29 says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. When we are angry, and we let that anger inside us bubble up, we are not 1 Corinthians 13. In fact, we're the antithesis of that because we're resentful because someone has hurt us. We're irritable because everybody else is wrong. We insist on our own way because we're right, dadgummit. We're not patient at all. We're not kind. There's envy, and we're certainly and absolutely arrogant when we're filled with anger. And as a reminder to you, nobody makes you angry. Nobody makes you do anything. What they do is they bring out what's already inside of you. They bring out the anger that is already there, which means we have a deeper issue that we need to solve, that we have something going on in our heart that Jesus has not yet touched, and he has not yet healed within us, and we have not yet learned how to deal with life events in a proper way. And we need to go back to the very beginning of James chapter 1 and reread verses 2 through 4 that talk about how we encounter hard things in life. And I go back to the, the trigger thing. You know, we say, oh, well, someone pulled out in front of me and they shouldn't have done that. And you probably have things with your spouse where your spouse does that one thing that you just, ooh, it just makes your blood boil when they do that thing. And that's not a reflection on your spouse. That's a reflection on you that something is wrong in here that needs to be fixed. And the wonderful thing is that James tells us in verse 21 exactly how we are to fix that. Go to verse 21, the end of it. He says, receive 
with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Church, I've read this verse dozens of times, and this week it has pricked my heart because I am guilty of coming before the word of God and skimming over it from a 30,000 foot level and never letting it be implanted into my heart so that I have received it, so that it has changed my life. And that is what we need. The, the word implanted means to be permanently in a place with the implication of development. And, and what he's saying is the word is put into our heart so that we can grow. And the word of James is mature, that we can grow and mature. And so if we've got anger issues, if we've got uh, other things that are going on in our lives where our heart is not right, then we need to receive the word and let it stay in here so that it can begin to grow. I thought about Laura and your gardening uh, that you love to do. When you, when you plant something, you plant it there because you want it to be there for a long time, at least for a season and hopefully to come back seasons after that. And you want it to grow and to flourish and to bear fruit. Makes me think about the parable that Jesus uh, told in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower where he goes out, the farmer's going out and he's sowing the seed, he's planting the seed, not in a tractor because they didn't have tractors back then, so they had, just had to throw it out. And, and you know, some of the seed landed on hard ground and that's the hard heart that can't receive the word of God and Satan comes and plucks it away. Uh, others, it, it fell in shallow ground, rocky soil. And that's kind of the emotional heart that, that springs up real fast and then dies because it has no root. And there, there's the other uh, seed that was planted among the thorns that grew up, but it was choked out by the worries and the cares and the sins of the world. And then there was the fruitful seed, the seed that landed on good soil. It was implanted in the ground and it grew and it produced a harvest of fruit. And as believers in Christ, that's really what we're after, that we would let the word of God permeate down into our hearts so that we would be fruit bearing, that we would be soul winners, that we would see our character grow and mature, uh, that we would learn to serve others with joy, that we would give generously of what we have, that we would grow in our worship and our good works to other people. And quite frankly, I think we struggle with this so much as we're a doing society and we've got to get things done. And, and quite frankly, we're a busy society and we want to see immediate change. It's, it's the microwave thing, right? But what James is telling us is we've got to sit before the word. And so it can't be that we, we take out our Bible and we say, okay, I'm going to go to James chapter one. I'm going to read. Okay, I've read. Now I'm going to put that away. Now let me pull out my prayer list. Okay, uh, I've got my list. Okay, got to pray for this and this and this. And then, and then we move on with our life. We can't do that. We can't do that. And, and like, I don't know if how many of you like to do the read the Bible through in a year kind of thing, or maybe you've got a devotional that takes you through the year. And the temptation is just to check the box. And we, so we did it. We can feel good about ourselves and we can move on. But what James is saying is, no, you've got to slow down. You've got to slow down. And it would be better for us to read a verse at a time and let it seep deep down into our souls so that it changes us and so that uh, we begin to bear more fruit for the kingdom of God. 
And if you read one book or if you read one chapter a year, who cares? But if your life is transformed and you're closer to Jesus and you can hear from him and you're making a difference with those around you, then what does it matter? We desperately need the word to be implanted into our hearts. In the end of that verse, I just love what he says. It is able to save your soul. And some might be here today and you need to hear the gospel again so that it will save your soul from an eternal damnation. That you would hear that there is a God and he loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you. If it was only you, he'd have done it because he loves you that much. And even better, he overcame life's greatest enemy. He overcame death in order that you might know him and that you might love him and experience his goodness. Maybe you would receive that today. And so church, now we're going to see a little bit of a progression happen. If we can receive the word, really receive it, then we can practice it. Then we can practice it. It's a natural progression. Look back at verse uh, 22. He says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what what he's like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, the law of freedom, if you will, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is just a repeat of what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew uh, 7, 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And he goes on to talk about the person who does these words of mine is like the man who built his house on the rock. And the one who does not do these words of mine is like the man who built his house on sand. And when the rains came and the storms blew, the, the one who built the house on the sand, it blew away and great was its destruction. It's a picture of life. And really what is before us is two options. There's the option to receive the word, down to the core of who you are so that you do the word and you become like the man who builds your house on the rock. And and there, there is safety, there is security. We see that the Lord is our shelter. But then there's the other option and it's another path that you can take. You can be the one who just hears the word and then walks away. And Jesus really says that path literally leads to destruction. So please do not take that path. In other places, Jesus would say, um, my mother and my brothers are the ones who hear the word of God and do it. After he washed the disciples' feet in John 13, um, 17, he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. There has to be a doing of the word. And so here we, we begin to skate on thin ice here. Because we're a people who often equate hearing with doing. Yet hearing and doing are two totally different things. So you can't just show up at church and listen to Pastor Russell's fabulous messages and walk out the door and not be the same at all. 
You can't come to Bible study. You can't be involved in small group. You can't sit with others and and discuss theology or the word of God or how uh, things work together in the word and then walk away and not do anything different in your life. James has very uh, harsh words. He says, you deceive yourself if that's what you do. You're like one who looks in the mirror and then you walk away from the mirror and you forget exactly what you look like. There's gotta be a difference in the things that we do. And if you don't, then you're a fraud. You're a poser. And there's nothing in you that would be righteous or holy. And so um, in verse 23, he compares the word of God to a mirror. Now we love mirrors. We have mirrors in all of our houses. In fact, I woke up this morning and looked in the mirror and said, oof, I have work to do today. And mirrors are very useful because they help us examine ourselves. And really and truly, the word of God is a mirror for us so that we can examine ourselves. And we have to look at it and, and look, let it reflect upon our hearts and train us and correct us and rebuke us and encourage us and bring us life. And when we look into a mirror, there's some mistakes that we can make. We can be like the one that James uh, uh, says here in, in these verses, that you look at yourself and you go away and you forget what you think about. It's like showing up to church and then forgetting what we talked about and not doing anything different in your life, failing to obey the word of God. We forget what we see. Sometimes it's because um, we're lazy. Sometimes it's come. It's because we're apathetic. Sometimes we don't fully grasp what is at stake here, that it's eternal life, that we're offering life abundant over here and death over here. And so the word of God is in a mirror that we must examine ourselves. And a lot of times we don't like what we see. Like if you got up this morning and your hair was a mess and you weren't clean shaved and maybe you had some eyebrows that were going different places and you discovered some nose hairs, you corrected that, right? You made corrections in the same way when we see the word of God, it allows us to make course corrections in our life and then it restores us and transforms us. The word of God restores us and transforms us. It's what David said in Psalm 23, you restore my soul. But that doesn't happen if we're just reading the word and skimming over it and then putting it down and moving on with our life. It only happens if we receive it and we let it be implanted into our hearts. So here there's the natural progression. We receive it so it becomes a part of who we are. Then we do it, we live it out. And then a part of doing it is this third point here is we share the word. Look at verse uh, 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, our Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So I'm going to break this down into three parts, okay? Here we are, we're going to share the word. How do we share the word? We share it in our speech, we share it in our service to others, and in our separation from the world. Okay, first of all, our speech. Go back and look at verse 26. We can't skip over that. If anyone thinks he is religious, meaning close to God, okay, we're talking about true religion here, not, not, not rules religion. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless, 
And so what James says is that on the one hand, we're saying, I love Jesus. You should love Jesus. We're talking to people about Jesus. Yet then we go on the other side and we do not restrain what we say. Now, this can take a lot of different forms. It can be gossip. It can be, um, we're just talking about things we shouldn't be talking about. Maybe things that are immoral or wrong. Uh, coarse joking, if you will. Um, and then there's the four-letter words that we sometimes let slip out. And I understand we all slip up. It's okay. But this whole thing that says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, shame on you. Shame on you. That's not funny. God's word has a direct command for us that that is not okay. That is not bring about the righteousness of God. And we've got a people who, who, who need to restrain what we say. Listen, last year uh, I had a lawnmower issue and I took my lawnmower over to a guy in Round Rock and, and he came out and he was huffing and puffing and all over the place and GD this and GD that and this effing thing over here and this blah, 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 blah. And I was kind of blown away by it. Like I don't, I don't encounter that a whole lot. I mean, I do, but I don't. And it really blew me away. And then he asked the question, well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. <laughs> he said, oh, well, you know, I tell you what, I've given up everything else in my life, but these, these, these words I say. And I'm, I'm telling you, in that moment in time, he couldn't have convinced me that he was a believer. And maybe he isn't, and I don't know. That's between he and the Lord. But when we say we love Jesus on the one hand, our speech has to reflect that. And if it doesn't, we've completely blown our witness to the world. And so James brings it home and says, our speech must match what we say we believe. It has to. It has to. We must restrain what we say. But then he says we, we serve. We serve. Verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And so church, there's a special place in the heart of God for those who are on the edges of society. Those who are in orphans, and if you're of the, uh, the age and the ability to um, be involved in foster care system, maybe you consider adoption, then I, I would say that you should do that. That is a, a special, special ministry where we need believers to be heavily involved in. One of the things I love about our church is that we have somehow uh, seen women come in without their husbands. Sometimes it's because of a divorce. Sometimes it's because of hard life circumstances. And our church has lovingly embraced single women. And I think that is a phenomenal thing. And we need to continue to do that. This is what makes the, the Huddle Resource Center thing that we're doing, where we're gathering the can so incredibly special because it is for people who are on the fringes of society who need help. And God does not ignore them. He does not ignore their prayers. And we, as the church, are to be there and to serve and to be active in our faith. And then finally, he says, at the very end of verse 27, we're to keep ourselves unstained from the world. And simply put, we're supposed to be different. There's supposed to be a difference in our priorities. There's supposed to be a difference in the way we act. There's supposed to be a difference in the places that we go and the things that we do. We're to stay unstained by the world that we might be near to the heart of God. And so as we close today, I want to leave you 
uh, with th- uh, three questions, and they're there on your handout today. Uh, number one, what in my speech is displeasing to the Lord? What area do I need to just clean up a little bit? Do I need to work on by God's grace? And what areas of my life am I just hearing and not doing? Where is there a difference in what I believe and what I actually do? And then finally, and I would say most importantly, am I allowing the Word of God to be implanted in my heart? And if not, what is it I can do to do this better? To spend more time in the presence of the Lord, spend more time praying, praying over the Scripture that I read. How can I do better? Now, church, I, again, this has been kind of upfront, just in your face. And as we close today, I just want to read out of the book of Ephesians. And this is not going to be on the screen, so I just ask you to close your eyes and listen. You can receive the word right now as I just read this over you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, in heaven and things on earth. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.